Hello and welcome to Strange Ways with me, Liam Humes. And Harry Browse. The podcast all about the puzzling, peculiar and the perverse. Before we start, we want to be clear that we're not making light of people's fears and phobias. This podcast is an exploration of the weird and the wonderful things which make this world that little bit strange. So, Episode two. Episode two. Anthropophobia. So this is the fear of people. We can stretch this, you know, the fear of society, the fear of strangers... Getting out there, seeing people, meeting people. It is scary. Recently, I've had to do Vox Pops at uni, where we go out and we talk to people, um, randomers on the street about a particular story. So I chose this child obesity story. And it is petrifying having to run up to people and be like, Hi! I feel sorry for the people that like do the charity stuff, that stand outside shops and like, hi, can I talk to you for a minute, lovely? Yeah, I feel sorry for them. I feel people. really, really sorry for them. I'd be really bad at that job uh, just because I would hate... For me, it would be I hate inconveniencing other people. Or they, those people who do an amazing job at, at collecting for charity and stuff, but I just would feel so uncomfortable doing that because you know that the people don't want to speak to you. Most people making excuses like, sorry, you know, got an appointment to catch <laughs> like some rubbish that, you know... But yeah, I'd, I'd be terrible at that job. But you've done really well with your university vox pop things. Well, th- I used to work at Lush. So... Oh, there we go. I mean, I had to get that in somewhere. <laughs> but it was... That is all part of it. You can just tell when people want to kill you. When they walk into the shop and they give you the glare. They're interested to speak. Yeah. But you still have to approach anyway. You still have to go up and be like, Hi, how are you today? Yeah. And if you get told to piss off, then you get told to piss off. But I suppose you just get used to it. After the first person tells you to, then you just, <laughs> it just becomes second nature. How's your week been? Any strange occurrences well, this I d- week? I, you know what? I did have an occurrence which helped me believe in the power of strangers. And um, basically, I was on the train coming home from Sheffield, because I commute to Sheffield every day. And... It was packed train, it was rush hour, I got on, I was, I ran to the station, basically, because I always try and get, get an early train, but sometimes that's not possible. I was standing up for about 45 minutes, and this never happened to me before, but I, I, my breathing started to go really, really fast, I felt really short of breath, and everything went kind of all fuzzy, and I was like standing there listening to a podcast, and I was just getting really hot, and I was like... This is, I, I feel odd. I feel really, really strange. I felt like I was really drunk. And I was, at the end of the night, when you'd be like, I need to go to bed. I felt like that. And um, I went went all fuzzy and went all bright. And then I was, <laughs> I had to stumble off across this carriage. I was like, I'm going to faint. I'm going to faint. And um, luckily, there was some really lovely people. And also my friend, Alice, who, if, if you're listening, thank you very much for helping me the other day. But she was coincidentally on the train as well. And um, she helped me and sat me down and gave me some water. Um, but it was a very strange occurrence. I've never had that before. Where I've, I think it was just because I ate a big, big... <laughs> <laughs> a big meal. I had a big burger. Do you think it's because you were stood and it was, it was hot? Maybe you weren't get. It was probably that you weren't getting enough oxygen. Like yeah. You weren't breathing, you know. I was also very conscious of the fact that I was leaning against the luggage rack. But there was two people next to me. And... I just get that weird feeling that if I'm brushing against... Sometimes I feel like I'm leaning on someone and I get like kind of that weird claustrophobia well, of that anxiety yeah. of that. I want to move about. I want to feel comfortable, but there's two people up, like either side of me and if I make a slightest move, they're just going to give me dirty looks and stuff. Yeah. I'm a tall person. I can't help it. 
it's awful that feeling of feeling like you're gonna faint isn't it i've fainted before actually just once i passed out on a night out so you know it could be it could have been alcohol caused or you know you always get those people maybe saying i was spiked or whatever but maybe i was but yeah you know that i fainted that time but that's after i'd been on a night out it was the end of the night i was in a takeaway ate some chips and curry true mancunian and then um went outside because i felt really faint and then passed out and it could have actually been real dangerous because I did hit my head and an ambulance did have to come just because the next thing I knew people picked me up off the floor but again actually that links to strangers quite well because it was awful because I felt myself going down and the next thing I knew I was being picked up by people I didn't know and, I, and actually I could hardly see like my vision had gone off was in um people like oh your wallet's hanging out your pocket love and all that Sheffield's actually quite a nice place for, for a trusting stranger on the street but yeah that was a, a weird situation not well, a nice just... situation to be in if that happened in, you know, centre of London or Manchester. I love Sheffield. I'm a Sheffield, like, I'm an honorary resident of Sheffield. But I wonder if that happened in centre of London or Manchester, you would get some point to nick your wallet. Like. Yeah. I'd like to think not in Manchester, yeah, but that's, that's true. maybe yeah. I'm biased, yeah. maybe. Depends where you are in any city, I guess. Yeah. I had another strange occurrence this week. Well, I mean, I have them on a daily basis, but uh, not necessarily linked to strangers, because I was at work, but... Um, really unsettling situation, although maybe not that uncommon, is I heard somebody trapped in a lift. I don't think I've told you about this. I no, texted you about it. I was, we, I work in a nine-storey building, uh, so getting a lift's really common. There's loads of lifts. There's actually 12 in the building. But as I was walking through that area, and there's six lifts to wait for, so you press the button and any of the six could arrive. It's quite a big area. But I could hear someone screaming, like <gasps> distantly, a woman's voice screaming, which is actually... I actually found it a little bit upsetting. It was That's really awful. strange. Yeah. yeah. And I'd, obviously I didn't know in, in that moment exactly what was happening. So I just heard this distant scream, uh, literally a scream, um, worked out she was trapped in the lift. So she wasn't like immediately behind the doors that was near me. She was like further up the shaft. I was going to say, it's a in your head. She was further, <laughs> well, hey. she was further up the lift shaft um, screaming. She's obviously trapped. Um, not a nice situation to be in. I hope she hadn't been there long. But I had to alert somebody. So I had to like just go and grab, we have security guards at work just said I think there's somebody trapped in the lift and he was actually a bit rubbish and was shouting through the door like hello hello (laughs) (laughs) she was like I'm trapped and then and to be fair I left the situation there's nothing else I could do to help there was a security guy there with a key and everything he was going to help her out but yeah very weird situation to find myself in but probably helped someone out there and I don't know who it was actually maybe I should post like on the work pages like if you were trapped up, you can't. <laughs> it was me who had because um, I don't know who it was, but yeah, it's oh. strange. To start off with, have you got an instance of anthropophobia? Uh, this, you know, I actually do identify with this, especially as a child. So especially fear of strangers and fear of mixing with other people. I was really bad at it as a child. Now I'd actually say I'm quite a confident person. Um People who know me will probably say I'm an, exhibi- an exhibitionist. <laughs> I, mean, I hope they wouldn't. No, that's not the right word. Maybe it is. I mean, uh, no, it's not. It's no. not the right word. Extrovert. Extrovert. Definitely mean extrovert. No, exhibitionist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't mind being a centre of attention. Not in a really annoying way, but I'm, I'm confident enough to, to do that. Um, and I have to at work, actually. But as a child, I was really bad, really introverted, to the point where I... I couldn't join any social clubs. So, you know, after school clubs and things that loads of kids do. And I, maybe I missed out on like scouts or um, cubs or even sports. Like at one time I would have quite liked to do karate or even join, you know, any kind of 
social group that went on in the community. I couldn't bring myself to go. I was really anxious as a child, so my parents will probably remember taking me to places and standing outside as I like started to cry in the car. And it was just not going to happen. So yeah, actually really bad as a child for having like anxiety about it. But now as I've grown older, possibly just with growing up or getting more confident, especially going to uni helped a lot because you're forced to speak to strangers, aren't you? When you're at mm. university, uh, moving into uh, halls on the first day in Sheffield with nine other strangers who I'd be living with for the next year at least. Um, I find that okay. Um, But I guess that anxiety of meeting new people for the first time is probably something everybody can actually identify with. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely worse as a child. What about you? I I was always quite confident. I was always, you know, like drama club, dance club, there. Even though it, like, I would get horrendously bullied from it. I would, oh, you wouldn't stop really? me. No, I well, sometimes deserved it, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I was always I, I was always quite confident, and I think yeah, I'm not afraid to. I I like for example this fox popping thing. I'm not afraid to go up to people. Obviously, you do get some negative reactions. That it's not nice, but you know, you can't please everyone, and that's the whole point of interacting with strangers and getting out there. Yeah, um, I suppose the one thing then with dealing with strangers is. A confidence you can have in yourself is that they don't know who you are and you might never see them again. So exactly. In situations, even if something embarrassing happens to you, like you fell over in the street, that's happened to me before, you know, slipped on some ice, you can just cringe at the thought of, oh, people have seen me, etc. But, I mean, they, you're what? never going to see them you know, again. Yeah, like, exactly. So, yeah, life yeah. advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wanted to touch on um, a little bit of theory I found around why people feel like this. Uh, it's from psychologytoday.com. And it says that according to the rational actor model, which was apparently developed by economists, if I can spit that word out, um, you should assume, according to this model, that other people will take advantage of you if they can get away with it. So this is like a part of human psychology where we Mm. assume that people will take advantage of us. Um, And I was thinking about that. I suppose that's commonplace in the world of business, I guess. So when you're signing contracts and, you know, even when you pay for things up front, there's a level of trust there, isn't there, that you're going there to get is. that service in return and things like that. So I think it's definitely something we probably think about subconsciously every day. Um, and it says here that the mystery of why people trust strangers, even though they think we shouldn't, has been explored by David Dunning from the University of Michigan. And he has actually come up with two reasons why he can explain why humans do trust people, even though they're strangers to us. The first one he says here is altruism, which is a really good word. Uh, and that's just doing something that benefits someone else at your expense, doing a kind thing for someone. Um, Behaviours that feel good typically have an evolutionary basis, he says. Um, and then the second reason is public reputation. Doing things that show generosity to strangers, perhaps, uh, just to en- enhance your social prestige. You, so, know, you know what this right. reminds you of? That, your story of that woman pushing the woman. What woman pushing the woman? the tram stop. Pushing a woman. Well, no, in a wheelchair. Oh, of course, yeah. But yeah, you're right. That was a, <laughs> that was a really strange situation as well. Every day, uh, just to explain it, I walk through Piccadilly Gardens to get to work, um, which is a really busy part of Manchester, and it's, there's a bus station there and tram stops. Um, it's just a really busy place, and I usually walk through with my headphones in because you're likely to get stopped. There's lots of salespeople, um, lots of people there trying to talk to you, and you, I'd rather just get through and get to work, especially when I'm running late. Um, but on, the, on this particular occasion, uh, a lady in a wheelchair kind of waved to get my attention. So, of course, I took my headphones out and just, you know, asked what 
if, how I could help. And she just asked me, will you push me across the road and push me to the tram? So I thought, oh, for goodness sake, I'm going to be late for work. But yeah, of course I will. Um, so I pushed her across the road and she was actually quite a large a large lady and pushing her was actually really difficult for me and quite <laughs> slim and not very muscular at all. So it probably looked ridiculous because I was really smartly dressed, kind of pushing, <laughs> pushing her across the road. Um, and then when I got to the other side, I said, oh, you know, is there anything else I can help you with? She was like, oh, we just push me to the tram and the tram is on the other side of Piccadilly Gardens. <laughs> so I suddenly realised I was roped into like helping someone out in a really big way. But of course, I'm not complaining, that was fine. But I pushed her up onto the tram and I tried to speak to her and, and um, you know, she was actually really strange herself. Um, she wasn't very polite to me, things like that. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't polite and thanking me for it. She was actually quite rude, but I still wanted to help her because she'd asked. And so I said, like, where are you going today? She was like, none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, and which tram do you need to get? Don't know. So I was like, right, okay. So I was like, well, is that... so I took her onto the tram platform and I thought, there was loads of people there. It was like, it was before 9am, so it was really busy. So I thought people, someone else will be able to help now. But she, then she was like, thanks, love, thanks. So yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe you're right, Lincoln's what I was saying. Maybe that was to do with my public reputation. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't like to think I was that thinking that much into it, but uh, that could be the psychology behind it. You know, I wanted to do the right thing mm. and felt good about it it definitely made me feel like I'd done a deed for the day uh, so yeah and it, this psychologist just concludes by saying under normal conditions cooperation between strangers so this is if someone asked you in the street runs at 80% which is actually quite high so that is high 80% high. of the time according to this study um, University of Michigan yeah cooperation with strangers at 80% that is Americans, though they all very, perhaps yeah, I don't know whether very, they're very yeah. overly friendly and helpful perhaps yeah um, whereas in Britain I didn't get 80% of responses from Yeah, I was googling some instances of interactions between strangers which kind of went against the norm and on this website there was a story from an anonymous person and I'll just read it as it is because it it says enough it says as a 12 year old kid I was sitting on a bench at Six Flags by myself which Six Flags I think is a theme park theme park isn't it yeah it's an American theme park A random average looking guy in what I would guess is his mid-twenties came up to me and said, you will remember me for the rest of your life. Oh dear. Then he left and went about his business. And then the person comments, that fucker knows how to play the game. (laughs) (laughs) 15 years later and I still remember him and I think of him every couple of months. How scary. How weird is that? But it did remind me of a prank I wanted to do when I was younger I kept trying to rope people into it but I remember being like you know like 12 13 when no pranks are funny and um of this I saw this on the internet where you go out in about two or threes and you find someone I'm scared what you're gonna say (laughs) going about their daily business then in intervals you go up to them and go wake up what and then walk off Oh, and like, just make them think, what the hell's going on? And then just that like, would be the ultimate strange occurrence if that happened to Oh me. my god, could you imagine if two or three people walked up to you at random points of the day and went, wake up? Oh, so they think multiple people are saying this, this it must be me, kind of thing. Yeah. Am I asleep? I'm a dreamer. How weird would that be? <laughs> I've always wanted to do it. It's sick, it's sick, it's yeah, awful. No, you that is do horrible. That <laughs> but hilarious. I think it would just be yeah, amazing. So. so I found this amazing blog post by a guy called Leo uh, Kin. 
I think that's how you suppose now. It's L E O K I N. Um, yeah, that's no, me, okay. No, no, let me say that again. It's L E O Q I N. So I'll, I'll, I'm sorry yeah. if I'm pronouncing that wrong incorrectly. But he calculated, based off uh, some clickbait post he saw on Facebook, um, how many murderers an average person will walk past in their lifetime. So I thought this is fascinating because it's something that I've, I think about. You, you walk around and you see all these people but how do you know that they're not a murderer yeah i've thought about that before i thought about that Mm. so he calculated this based off a person living in the united states obviously their crime rate is higher um they have a really high rate for um intentional homicide so it might be a bit skewed it can't really be applied to the uk i don't think we've got that that high of a homicide we never know never know know. we're a smaller country i want to see the receipts i want to see we'll have to well, I'll google it later um, and he made a he calculated based on some assumptions that you only walk past a murderer on the street if they've got away with True. murder yeah um, popular TV shows say that once two days have passed since the murder it is unlikely to be solved in reality the truth is unlikely to be that easy but there's also very little data on the topic otherwise um, so it, there's a couple of assumptions that you have to make um, for example, the average murderer only kills one person and that the average person walks past some number of people a day and this number can be quite vague. But he's he's done like a rough, rough estimate because uh, there's a lot of those posts which are like, you walk past 400 murderers in four years, what, all that kind of stuff, that mm. like exaggerate things. But yeah. he's tried to actually calculate it. So the average lifespan, lifespan in the US is 78.7 years. The rate of murders in the US in 2013 was 4.5 murders per 100,000 people. So if you think about it, that's... Low? Not, I don't know if that's low, but I'm all quite high. I don't know, I can't really visualise 100,000 no. people. I'd feel pretty safe. Yeah, that's that means that there's 14,000 murders in estimated in total. Yeah, and I, let, I bet a lot of them aren't random. No, they might be... Sort know, of ongoing things, yeah, so you're exactly. Less, less likely to worry that it could happen to you randomly. The population of the US in 2014 was estimated at 322,583,006 people, mm. and one third of murders go unsolved, which I think is actually well, quite start, yeah. yeah, startling. Yeah. If you want the full breakdown of how he calculated this, go on the blog because it's really fascinating, like his statistics and how he managed to work this out. But he found that if you meet one new person a day, you meet 27,375 new people throughout your entire life, of which 0.41 of them are likely to be unapprehended murderers. So that if you meet 10 people a day, you've met four murderers throughout your life. And if you meet 100 people a day, so if you live in a big city, for example, yeah. and you walk past, you easily walk I past do. 100 well, people. Like yeah, as I've mentioned. Exactly. I walk past loads of people. Try uh, to make eye contact. <laughs> Just get there. <laughs> Don't touch me. If you meet 100 people a day, so walking through Piccadilly Gardens, yeah. that means you've met 41 murderers. You're on the train, life. for example. But there's. Exactly. Would you say there's 100 people on the train? Maybe on a platform and that. Yeah busy rush hour yeah definitely yeah so but I just think that's fascinating yeah so it's quite interesting how it can be scaled up so if you live in a village for example 
and you only see one, two people a day, you're still likely, you know, in a in a lifetime to meet a person, a murderer. Yeah. How uh, scary. It's just fascinating. It's even scary to think you could be working with them, living next door. Never like know. aliens, they live among us. <laughs> There's a podcast called that, so we don't want to copyright. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but That's not one of ours. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Something else I wanted to mention, actually, maybe uh, on a slightly lighter note, is um, also from psychologytoday.com, saying that how many people are scared to speak to strangers, but it can actually bring us a lot of happiness, uh, a study has found. Mm. So just to read from this article, it says, we tend to think that close others, so friends, romantic partners and family, are our biggest source of connection and laughter, which I, I guess is true. But researchers have also recently found that interacting with weak ties, as they call it, so you could say strangers or people that we don't know very well, um, actually brings a boost in mood and feelings of belonging that we didn't expect. In one series of studies, researchers instructed Chicago area commuters using public transport to strike up conversation with someone near them on the respective bus or tram. On average, participants who followed this instruction felt better than those who had to stand and sit in silence. The researcher also argued that when we shy away from casual interactions, it's due to a misplaced anxiety that they might not want to talk to us. Most of the time, however, this belief is false. As it turns out, many people are actually willing to talk. Uh, no. And may be flattered by receiving your attention. No, no. that's absolute rubbish. That's rubbish. That's very American, again, it is an American study. It is very American. I mean, you I... know what, though? I, maybe this is where the North South divide in the UK splits, because yeah. as a northerner, it, it, we know it's very normal to yeah. speak to people yeah. on the bus or tram. Uh, I've done it before, you know, not every day, because I'm not always in the mood, really tired of going to work or whatever, but definitely not out of the ordinary for just someone to say, I you love, or speaking about the weather or something very generic. But yeah, totally common. Whereas I know in London or, you know, Essex, wherever, down south, it's not the case, is it? No. Not at all. But saying that, if someone does say something to me in public transport, I'm not I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, I'm not homophobic, I hate everyone. Like I hate those kind of people, no, you're a dick. Like <laughs> yeah. The I, I do I do chat and I like I can I can talk would to you. Would you strike up a conversation? I wouldn't but that's the thing. I, I I wouldn't go out of my way to be like, Hi, how are you? Like, what are you doing today? Like mm. That would feel really yeah. alien to me. It would also feel like flirting or maybe inappropriate. Depends exactly. on who you're saying it to. You me don't want to make people uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't particularly be like, how are you today? Maybe that's quite strong. If someone said it to me, I wouldn't mind. But it's more for me just making little comments. Or Exactly the same with me. Gosh, I nearly slipped over then. Or, you know, some little comment of, yeah. gosh, I'm freezing. And then just start a little conversation mm. about it. People you'll find can actually be really chatty. I've had loads of good conversations on, on buses and trains. In fact, one situation, um, I was on the bus home. I was a bit younger, actually. I was more like 18, 19. And there was a really nice American lady, um, which was unusual for the area that I lived in. This was not central Manchester. It was more out in the countryside. Um, started speaking to me, and um, she was lovely. So she wasn't at all creepy, but she was asking, like, how was your day and things like that. Um, and I was asking her the same. Um she was really sweet. She asked me what I studied. It was clear that I'd come from... I was at sixth form at the time. But she was asking me what I studied. And I think I had a big art folder. You know, at sixth form, the kind of art students have a big, massive plastic... I bet you love that folder. I bet oh, you were yeah. like, mind out my way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my black folder's coming through. Yeah, my sketchbook. 
questions. I think she asked me like what art I was doing and stuff like that, which was really nice. And I just thought what a friendly person she was. Um, but then, interestingly, as I got off the bus, I was nearing the stop. Um, she started like rooting in a little bag, and I was like, oh, what, what is she gonna do? Like, she's gonna is she gonna give me a number? Like, <laughs> is she gonna give me a present? Like, what's going on? Is she reaching for a gun? <laughs> <laughs> no, for God's sake. Uh, no, she was reaching for something, and she was like, oh, wait there a second, and I thought maybe a leaflet or something and it was a leaflet and it turns out she was jehovah's witness right so she was a really a religious lady and um it was obviously her mission if you like to kind of spread the word and um recruit people i guess into the church i'm sorry i i would be like you've misled me she, yeah i, well, I did nice, i like... did have a little feeling of oh you don't actually care about me like <laughs> You don't actually care about my sketches. <laughs> You're just trying to like get get a new member. So, uh, do you know what? I'm a very polite person. So I did actually accept the leaflet and kind of said, "Oh, thank you for in the recycling." <laughs> I said, thank you. I'll give that a, a read. Which you know what? I actually did give it a read. Um, just I found that really interesting. But yeah, fair she, enough. She, you know, there's a quote: "There are no strangers, only friends we haven't oh. met yet." How do you feel about that? Stick that on Instagram. <laughs> Maybe a bit cheesy, but yeah. Yeah. Should we move on? I think we should. Yes. I'll just explain if you didn't listen to the last episode, but it's now time for our strange news story of the week. We have scoured the breadth of the UK's regional news coverage to find the best and most bizarre stories happening in a quiet town near you. Where's this piece of odd news from today, Liam? This piece of odd news, it comes from the Manchester Evening News, a very local publication. Uh, And the news story itself comes from the Isle of Man. Okay. Okay. You might have seen this on the news this week. Why is the MEM covering the Isle of Man? Um, The Manchester Evening News is obviously short on stories this week. (laughs) um, Slow news week. Slow news week, so Isle of Man. Couple stopped at airport security after accidentally packing pet cat in hand luggage. <laughs> Candy the cat had sneakily made herself at home in the couple's suitcase without them realising. Hmm. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Cat people, they're ridiculous, aren't they? A couple heading off on holiday were stopped at airport security for accidentally packing their pet cat in their hand luggage. Nick and... Oh, this is a name I've not come across before. What? I, I'm going to have to spell this this lady's name to you. V O I double R E Y. V R I V O I O R R E Y. I'm sorry. I'm My sorry. Nick and V, cool. Surname cool. We're astonished to find that. Sorry if you're listening. Astonished. Sorry if you're listening, guys. <laughs> We're astonished to find that candy had managed to sneak into their suitcase while they were packing for a 40th birthday trip to New York. How did she get in there? Somebody's doing well. New York for your 40th. Yeah. The pair were ushered into a side room and questioned about the surprising discovery before airport staff organised for the curious cat to be picked up and taken home so the couple could get their flight. Nick, from the Isle of Man, told the MEN that Candy is always looking for bags, boxes and tight spaces to hide in. Oh. After being taken into a side room, Nick says his wife guessed it could have been one of their three cats that had secretly decided to join them, and she was right. The couple said staff at the Isle of Man airport were awesome. 
and laughed with them once they realised it was an honest mistake. What? There is a, there has been a sketch about this. I has can't there? remember. Not about this story, but there was a ske- I think it might have been on Come Fly With Me or something stupid like that, where there was a... There was someone that tried to smuggle a cat in a bag and oh, he was like, oh, I let the cat out the bag. And oh, then he kept making so the joke. Jokes. Yeah, like, I, if you know what that sketch that was, remind me, because there was know. definitely something to do with that. Also reminds me of jokes like, oh, my pussy got searched at <laughs> security. <laughs> <laughs> She's oh, called okay. Candy. <laughs> yeah, no, it just gets better. <laughs> Luckily, Candy was later picked up by friends and Nick and V still managed to catch their flight to the US in time. Nick shared photos of Candy's trip to the airport on his Facebook page. Can't stop thinking of some pussy now. (laughs) (laughs) The first time in your life. Shared photos on Facebook. I know. And there's a link here to his Facebook, which is a bit of uh, free promotion for Nick, uh, which has been shared hundreds of times. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Candy almost got a trip to the Big Apple. But didn't. No. Bye. Pussy got searched. Pussy got searched. As we come to the end of the show, we just have time for our game, QVC WTF. The idea is very simple, and I loved it last week. I'm definitely adding one of those owls to my cart. The idea is very simple. I leave the room, and Liam finds the weirdest object he can find on the infamous shopping website, wish.com. Now, this is not an ad, but if you have never seen wish.com, it's an online store which haunts many a Facebook feed with targeted ads selling the strangest tat ever. So, Harry, if you want to leave the room, yeah. I'll describe the objects I've chosen this week, invite you back in, and you've got 30 seconds to pitch it back to us in the style of QVC. Again, if you don't know what QVC is, what rock have you been living under? Because it is a teleshopping channel where people sell an object for, like, 30 minutes. Like, and sell, like, a moisturiser and make it sound interesting. It's amazing. It's a real, it's a real talent, so... I'll leave the room. See ya. Okay, guys. This is a mo- I enjoy this moment on the podcast. Just, just me and you and get rid of Harry. Um, I'll describe the object to you really briefly and then we'll invite him back in. This week, I've gone for a mouse mat um, that's in the shape of Pepe the Frog. If you don't know Pepe the Frog, I've, I've only seen a picture of this frog. It's, it's a green cartoon frog. I actually don't know what it's from. I imagine it's from a cartoon, but it's definitely been in lots of memes. I've seen it all over Twitter. Um, but this mouse mat has got a picture of Pepe with a really big bum. And the bum on the mouse pad is padded. I think I think the padding here would be where you lean your wrist if you've got kind of a sore wrist. Um, but it's like two big bum cheeks, basically, that are padded and green on a yellow mouse mat. Um, and on the mouse mat, it actually says, touch my ass. And such flexible in a really, really tragic font. <laughs> So let's see what, how he makes of this one. Hello. I'm just hiding the laptop screen. Oh, I just saw a glimpse, but I don't What I did you see? I, I don't know, it was green, I think. It was green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you ready? So, this is QVC. You're going live in five, four, three, two, one. Right, we have a really special object here for you today, ladies. This is £16, and this is a 2019 3D mouse pad. On it, we have this really ornate design of Pepe, the frog. If you don't know who Pepe is, is that your racist symbol now? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, 
But, you know, in this context, you know, he's saying touch my ass. And he's saying such flexible. He's got these gorgeous phrases. And as you wiggle your mouse around his gorgeous, flumptuous butt cheeks, you can really click away and enjoy your web searching with the comfort of looking down at Pepe's gorgeous romp. By now. <laughs> I, I just can't believe that. Racist symbol. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, Pepe's like some uh, kind of like far right symbol now. Oh, I'm sorry for picking this one on the podcast history. <laughs> it's very innocently chosen. I, I don't know the actual context, but like, I've, I've, I remember reading an article somewhere about her was not that great, but I love the object. Oh my I God, think. I've just realised. Look at this price reduction. <laughs> price reduction from th- £386. Yeah. Down to 16. 16. Something tells me it was never actually £386. Yeah. Nothing about that says, you know, this is a quality object. <laughs> oh, and it's got a lino back. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Love it. Well, that, com- that concludes the end of the show. It does. I hope I really enjoyed it this week. I really enjoyed it. Don't forget to give us a like and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Also, you can email us. We have an email, uh, strangewayspod at gmail.com. Send us your strange occurrences. Send us something. You could send us suggestions for future episodes, maybe um, a strange phobia or fear that you've got or that you'd like us to talk about, a story that we can read out on the podcast. More than happy to, more than happy. And that's it. Until then. Until then, I'm Harry Browse. I'm Liam Humes. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.